Hey, I'm Parker Lennon. And this is Chuck Stack. And you're listening to Back Fitness. Use fitness as a goal for something we wanted to do, and it allowed us to do things like rock climbing and surfing and, and do it in a fun way. Things you should question yourself about before you compete. Everybody's different. And yeah. so if you think you're going to be just like that study, or you think you're going to fall directly into that category, you're probably wrong. I follow doctors and certain trainers that are PhDs and stuff so that I can get what they're doing their research on. High game is the relentless pursuit of meeting new people. Yeah. <laughs> this or, is like killing a million little organisms <laughs> at a time. I was in a really bad place, but what got me through was fitness, number one, and secondary was meditation and really good friends, of course, here. Damn it. Okay, so that was for Facebook Live. For you guys, we're back. We're it's back another with another podcast. Yeah, another podcast. And another this one. one today is going to be about reverse dieting. Carb cycling. Carb cycling. And then our experience with the ketogenic diet. Yep, because we still had a lot of questions about that. They still keep coming in the inbox. Um, here's here's an interesting fact. When I just typed it into Facebook Live, ketogenic is not one that you can audibly um, get to show up. It was like, keto what? It keto. got diet, but there was nothing. Ke- keto, huh? Yeah, I was like, like keys? Keto Black what? Black eyed keys what? Yeah, so what is a ketogenic diet? Basically, it's eating um, anywhere between 70 to 80% of your fats, or 80% of your macronutrients are coming from fats. Uh, the other like 20 to 25% is from protein, and then the 5 to 10% is from carbs. I found that I could actually push a little bit higher into my, my carbs, and I would mm-hmm. stay into ketosis. Um, this was the big thing that a lot of people kept saying to me through the process. They were like, oh, well, you're eating too many carbs or this that you're eating has too many carbs. And it, it really depends on how your body responds for one. For two, there's there becomes very distinct things that you learn about how your body, when it does convert and when you are fat adapted. Um, I found um, I found that, that for the most part, if I, it, it took about, six days for me to go completely fat adapted um and at at around the fourth fifth day you start feeling kind of ill um and i found out also from talking to one of my friends that's a nutritionist that if you have your omega fatty acids out of order um, which was my case uh that can make you feel kind of like flu-like symptoms so um i I pushed through it and once i became fat adapted it was actually a a pleasant experience i felt that i was mentally clear I felt like my hunger was not stimulated by anything. I had more choice over my foods, um, and my I, I felt like my my attitude was more level. Like it was just uh, easier to not have mood swings when I wasn't when I was hungry or when I was dealing with uh, with different um, you know factors and different stressors. So now me, on the other hand, I hated every single minute of ketogenic diet and ketosis. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm so carb adapted that I just, I really thrive on carbs. Um, But I, you know, it took me all of the two weeks really to get in a comfortable um, position with it. I was irritable the whole time. I felt like I was carb raging and just all I wanted to do was eat pizza the whole time. Yeah, well, that was, and the big thing that I realized is that at first I had to bump up my calories quite a bit. Uh, I bumped up my calories almost a thousand calories um, in order to feel satiated and to feel normal. 
Um, it was very interesting to me, and I found that there was a lot of similar response from many forums that I looked at and stuff mm-hmm. that, that people found that they could kind of get away with eating a little bit more calories overall. Um, as- and it's hard to do that when you're not used to eating fats because, you know, fat was a bad guy for us for the longest time. We've always told our clients, sure. you know, you should, you should avoid fats, and if you eat fats, they should be all, like, healthy, you know, coconut oil and um, you know, you have very limited resources. Maybe if you're paleo, it's butter or whatever animal fats that are you're getting from some good quality meat. Um, so for us to switch like this was it was really hard for me. Um, I think Chuck just did a lot better with it than I did. Yeah, I did. I felt like I did really well with it. Um, we're different body types, um, mm-hmm. so and we've talked about this before too. Yeah, I think Parker's it's a, a, a little more of a, an ectomorph. Um, I'm a little more of a mesomorph. So. Um, I kind of, my body type likes less carbs anyways. Um, I trained for a long time with the minimal carbs. The, the interesting thing was this was the first time I did a ketogenic diet with really hitting those 70 to 80% fats. Um, and that made a huge difference in, in my overall experience. Cause the first time I did this, I felt like crap through the whole thing. I just felt really drained on energy. I couldn't focus. And, you know, through this experience, I learned that probably my calories were a little low and then my fats were also a little low. And that's, that's the biggest tendency and the biggest thing I see with a lot of bodybuilding people and a lot of people in the fitness industry is that they think that they don't understand that the fats are what's driving the ketogenic. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they kind of say like, they oh, I'm pushing por- into proteins. ketosis. Yeah. yeah. And it's like they're eating a lot of ke- a lot of proteins. Well, your proteins can be con- converted into insulin in your body also. They so can, You can use it as, um, a, uh, as a energy form too. It's just a little bit harder to do that. Yeah, but when you're in ketosis, your body's like, "What the fuck can I do?" Like it's 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 reaching around to get more um, glycogen too. Can it be converted to glycogen? Yeah, well, that, and that's exactly it. it. It actually can be digested into glucose. Okay, so glucose. Um, I'm looking at the I'm looking for the term because it's escaping my brain right now. But uh, probably because we've been it's up protein forever. glycogenesis. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, glucogenesis. Okay. Gluconeogenesis. So it's it's basically your body converting protein into a carb uh in your mm-hmm. body and that's you know it's it's pretty interesting in that but it's sense. funny because bodybuilders think that i mean that, you know as smart as they are with all their nutrition stuff they should know that but they uh they seem seem to miss that point and they basically they take they cut out their carbs they eat a shit ton of protein and a little bit of fat right and they and, say that they're keto right and it's uh i it, say that word funny by the way keto 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 <laughs> That's Would like you like one some word. keto with your peanut butter? <laughs> um, yeah, no, and, and you know, ketosis—it's—it's it's a fun diet for me. I like salty foods, crunchy foods, so I found that it was very satiating in that sense. I like I fatty hate cuts salty and meats. foods. I yeah. like crunchy though. So it, it was just a—it was a really interesting diet to me, and I learned that uh, nuts actually can, were a big primary source of of fats for me. Um, I did have to incorporate, you know, coconut oils and. Um, even chia seed and stuff like that to, to get uh, more plant-based, different blend of omega fatty acids. So, um, so talking about how how did I convert out of this? And, you know, that's a that's the other big question that I keep getting. You know, people a lot of people they go from being keto fat adapted, and then they go right into like eating normal. And that's how the Atkins diet got such a bad name, such bad rap, is because people did exactly that, and they ended up putting on you know 10, 15, 20 pounds right off the start. I was and, just talking about this today. And you know, a lot of that isn't necessarily um, fat. You know, you're not putting on fat. You're actually because you're returning a lot of glycogen to your body, or a lot of like glucose, a lot of 
carbs back to your body, it goes back into your muscles and therefore a lot of water gets pulled back into your muscles too. So um, that was one thing that a lot of people said is that it doesn't, um, it doesn't, you know, it, a lot of people said basically that it, it doesn't affect you, but it does. Well, okay, so there is a, there's actually um, some some legitimacy to actually um, there there's a study and I don't have it in front of me, so I don't want to directly uh, translate it to you guys. But um, so when you're in a starving state, let's say that you're um, you're going from a fast or whatever, you're, or like you were doing a contest, you went through contest prep, and then the first thing you do is slam a bunch of like pizza and burritos and then a bunch of cake, and I see people always post Oreos. Um, because your body was in that starvation mode, it can efficiently store as fat better. Yeah, it's actually converted into fat quicker. Yes. Yeah, and it's that's... like the most efficient your body will ever be, and you will put on more fat than the average person who is just randomly, you know, going through their day eating the same exact food. Sure. No, that's a great point, and that's that's exactly how it is. So I use carb cycling, you know, to kind of balance out of it, and that's actually what I like to do for my normal um, routine. Is I like to carb cycle. So on days that I'm not as active or I'm not functioning or I'm not performing as much, I back off my carb intake. And sometimes I, I drop it down to 50, 100 grams as a low carb day. Um, on my medium carb days, it's usually about 150 to 250. And then on my high carb days, it's 300 Three, four. to 400. Yep. And um, that's kind of, that's the rule of thumb with uh, carb cycling. Again, I'm a, I'm a 200 pound male, about five foot seven, and I tend to be around 15 to 16% body fat. Um, you know, so it's a. Uh, so for your reverse dieting, you do carb cycling. I do carb cycling, and the biggest thing that I do with with myself as well as as clients is I try to get as close to my resting metabolism as possible. You know, to start with, so or above it, depending on my actual activity levels. So, um, with the carb cycling, my again, my higher carb days are on my leg days, or on my back days, or on days that I run a lot of mileage, stuff like that. Um, my low carb days are on days where I'm a little more sedentary and maybe I'm at school all day long or I'm driving in the car all day long. Today, for example, was a very low carb day. I, I consumed all my carbs at one time. I when you're coming back from a fast, it was yeah, a very nothing day. <laughs> yeah, I consumed about 150 grams of carbs and about 40 grams of protein and uh, it was uh, you know just enough to, to satiate me. But uh, Here, again, here's this. I was coming off of a 20-hour fast, yes. I actually found this study in in this article. Um, so you can't just go on pizza binge. You can't go on a pizza binge because um, your metabolism will not increase overnight. So basically, because you went from this, uh, this state where your organs consume less energy, your heart beats slower, your hormones are influenced by metabolism and appetite and thyroid, testosterone, all these different things are different because of the dieting that you're doing. When you go back in, you still have all that slowed down effect and now it's just like boom, boom, boom. It's just grabbing all this stuff and trying to store it. Um, and yeah, well, and so there was a study, I believe back in the nineties about a thing called super compensation. Um, and that's basically when you do go on to like a fast or, uh, you do go into an extremely low carb diet for days on end or a low calorie diet or even, um, you know, a ketogenic diet, uh, Basically, after an extended period of time, you do have a window where you kind of can, your body is hypersensitive, so to speak, and it's going to absorb stuff really well. But if you overdo it, 
that's where it gets converted to fat very, very easily. And that's, um, you know, I put on like 20 pounds in the course of a week after my show. Oh, really? Yeah, I like, but I'm, I'm kind of the person that as it is, I can gain 10 pounds, you know, like my weight can fluctuate over a weekend that yeah, much. Same so. here. It's, it's just basically saying that um, eventually, and this is why reverse dieting, this is what, you know, came about with this whole thing. Um, you eventually will increase your, your metabolism will speed up and it takes time to catch up. And what they did in this study, um, it was like an 84 day cycle. And um, basically you'll pack on the pounds if you do it really fast, but as your metabolism catches up, um, you can start to eat more food. So you're basically going from whatever you're doing and then slowly adding in the calories, adding in your carbs, whatever you're cutting, yeah, so, um, so, instead so, of just going directly back into your old habits. Yeah, so trans going tra transitioning into reverse dieting, you know, reverse dieting is basically returning your body back to a maintenance phase. Um, and you can actually bump that up to where your maintenance phase goes from maybe last season, it was 2,500 calories. And this season you can bump it up to 3000, maybe, you know, mm -hmm. it just, you have to be observant on how your body's responding. Uh, and you have to be aware of your macros and everything. And that's where I think a lot of people are getting confused with the, if it fits your macros or the macro, you know, focal point on a lot of diets is that a lot of people feel that flexible dieting is where you can just eat whatever you want whenever you want. And it's the same thing, you know, those, those foods are going to have different quality sources and different nutrients in them. So you have to focus on that stuff also. But, um, in reverse dieting, I always try to just be as, you know, careful with tracking as you can, you know, especially as you're in a, an extremely depleted state. Um, you know, you want to make sure that your calories are, you, you know, how many calories you're taking in, you know, how many carbs, protein, and fat you're taking in that way you can gently bump that up. You can gently back off on the cardio, gently back off on the frequency and, and still continue to increase calories back in at a slow rate. A lot of people These, ask uh, me this, they're actually talking. Um, and I know this is Lane Norton, Lane Norton's big flagship thing. So, um, five grams of carbs per week. Yeah, that's a, and that's that's a pretty slow rate. That I find is so slow, I, I dude. Find, I find that I can do a little faster than that, but I know I mean, we both can. Um, and I think that that's just a, a conservative approach because uh, a lot of people will overdo it. You give them a little bit, they want a lot. So, um, yeah, I, I've read the same thing from him. You know, fifty fifty grams per week. I. I, it just depends. It depends how you're responding, you know, and I've had people that respond really well to adding, you know, 20, 30 grams of, of carbs a week. And I've had people respond really well or only be able to add five to 10 grams of, of carbs a week. This is actually a great point, though. Um, but I usually try to do about 100 calories. Yeah. Like in a two week span, I should say. You know, I'm, like, I'm one of those it, people it, it that can depends. go back and forth. It, it really depends. Yeah, it, it, depends it depends on your body type who, for who sure, you're too. talking about, yeah. And if it's an extreme weight loss client, um, you know, I try to get them just at least eating resting metabolic rate first and, mm -hmm. then, and then try to bump it up from there. Well, here's a great point. Um, <laughs> you want to ask yourself, you know, did, did you have a history of binge eating before? Yes. If that's the case, you know, then you definitely want to do it at a slower rate as right. opposed to somebody who, like, you know, I've never had a... His, I mean, I might binge drink every once in a while, but binge eating is not my problem. Um, so, you know, if you have a history of that and that's something that's been a flaw in your past, then do it in a slower rate than somebody like, you know, me. Um, and so, 
it depends too on your activity level. Let's say you go, let, let's use that example again. You come out of a show, you're reverse dieting. What's another thing that's going to change? This is very, and this is something you consider too. You've been training hard for a long time and now you're going to back off on your training, right? Right. So if your activity level is decreased, that's another factor that you want to take into consideration. If you're not burning as much calories, you're not doing hard training like you were, or maybe you were, you know, peak week was a light session for you, and now you're going to go back into harder training. Well, you can bump up your tr your calories a little bit faster if you're going to do that. Yeah, and it, you just have to be careful with how you're training and you know what your your focal point is. You know if. A lot of people, that's the hardest week for them, you know, is the week after uh, a big show or something, especially if the results weren't what they wanted. Um, emotionally, it's very hard. And that's uh, emotionally, a lot of people are tied to food. So if you are a person that, you know, trigger foods and stuff and you don't want to incorporate those or you don't want to um, threaten yourself of binge eating, you know, or going way over your numbers, because that's how I am. If I, if I say like, okay, Chuck, you can have 50 grams of carbs this week, extra, like, whoa, <laughs> like yeah. it, that 50 could turn into 150 really quick. Yeah. And for me, I did not reverse diet out of uh, ketosis because I, I just didn't, like I said, I felt depleted. I felt like I didn't have energy. And so when I went back into the carbs, you know, I did it slower than normal. I was more conscious of what I was doing, but to be honest, like, you know, I went back into more of a carb cycling approach where I have higher carbs one day, um, lower carbs, or I might go two, three days high carb and then drop it down again. I basically started with like 100 grams of carbs, or I was eating about 100 grams of carbs even while being on ketosis and, and st while staying in ketosis. Um, I was just under that. And so I added back about 150 for the first couple weeks, and then now I'm up to about 250. Uh, so I'm just adding, I'm adding way faster than, um, Lane Norton even suggested, or even this other guy that I just found his, uh, well, Lane Norton seems a little dieting. bit slow on what he's, he's asking, you know? Well, and because, you know, it's, it's, a it's a tricky process and I feel that the, the pace of it does need to be slow. That's the biggest thing. Um, for most people, they can't go into it like you, you know, like you, they can't return back to eating mm -hmm. a, a large amount of carbs right away. Um, without and we're not talking over. about us either. You know, it, we're people that, you know, when we train, we train fucking hard. Yeah. It's not like your right. average Joe, you know, you know, Joe Schmo workout on bodybuilding.com where they're having you do sit-ups or five by fives. Like I found earlier, <laughs> yeah. you know, like our program is hard. And so it's, it's a little different when you're going into the gym and you're covered in sweat from weightlifting as opposed to, you know, some, somebody that's just walking on the treadmill. Yeah. We train very intensely and, and that's, uh, our, our nutrition reflects that. So that's that's why and that's why a lot of these people these fitness personalities and stuff can get away with eating you know astronomical numbers is because they eat they train very hard all day long um, and because of that they are taking a lot of steroids and stuff and they can recover extremely well so it doesn't matter about how much they eat and what they eat yeah I would say you got to take everything diet wise with a grain of salt it's always good to give it a try um, but keep it's in always mind individualized I mean oh, yeah. it's like something I've I have clients right now, so um, they, they've lost over 40 pounds between two of them and between three of them, I think they're even higher than that. Um, but at the same time, they started at baseline, like we started them out at resting metabolism and even the, the one guy, we had to bump, drop them below and it was hard for him to eat that amount of food as it was, you know, so uh, 
it's really interesting how the body responds, but now he's at resting metabolism and he's starting to, to lose weight again, you know, like, and we've increased his calories, his caloric intake by over a thousand calories, you know, in the long run, and he's still losing weight. So it's, uh, it's definitely counterintuitive, but you know, if, if you follow the process at a patient slow pace, if you need help with it, you know, reach out to us. That's what we are actually good with is, is that type of stuff. So. Yeah, and we're, we're, you know, we have some meal plans you can follow. Um, and there's a lot of ways to go about this. And there's, you know, you might want to try different diets other than, you know, keto. We talked about it earlier. Um, you, there's, there's multiple ways to go about it and get the same goal. You can eat, you know, a thousand, like, let's say your resting metabolism is 1800 calories. You can eat that and lose weight, or you can eat, 3,000 calories and lose weight. It depends on your training program and, you know, what professional you have behind you or how well you know your body. Yeah. So my buddy Juan just asked about any tips for diabetics. Um, I remember him being a diabetic. Yeah. And especially if you have a, a crazy work schedule like he does, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's very hard. Uh, I would say preparation is key, you know, trying to prepare what you're going to be doing um, for the next day. Uh, that's always the, the best guess, the easiest guess on controlling your foods. You know, try to stay away from sugars and stuff also because those are going to not only trigger the binge eating, but it's also going to, um, you know, mess up your blood sugar too. So, Well, ketogenic diet is good for type 1 and type 2 diabetes, right? I, I think so. Um, the thing, the difference is that... It's really good for two. Yeah. For but no, his is type 1. Is his, I don't remember mm -hmm. the, if it was type 1 or type it's 2. It's so, one liver, right? Yeah, type one. Type one is team. definitely um, it's more her hereditary, you mm -hmm. know, and you have to kind of take medicine, you know, or take insulin through mm -hmm. your your lifetime. So, um, but diet, but diet can definitely help, you know, as well as exercise and, um, you know, as I mentioned, kind of a a lower. I don't want to say a lower carb diet, but just focusing on the type of carbs that you're eating, um, and. Uh, so could it, could a um, diabetic get away with? I'm talking a type one diabetic. How long can they go without food? Um, you know, like is intermittent fasting? This is an answer I really don't know. I would say it, it just definitely depends on how their blood sugars change. You know, like or how their blood levels change because if well hypoglycemic, right? You would not want to recommend them intermittent fasting because right like, now and that's it. That's what I was thinking at first. I'm like, no, definitely not on the on the intermittent fasting. Right. Um, even keto is a is a fine line um, for me. I've never really um, experienced addressing people with uh, with diabetes on the keto diet. Mm -hmm. I've always gone to a more plant-based diet and trying to eat a lot of plant sterols and stuff like that. Yeah, um, that's what I would, I would say too. It's probably a better option for somebody like that. Yeah, and and just staying away from even artificial sugars. You know, trying to minimize your sugar intake on on top of it, uh, and just getting you know slower digesting. That's where mm -hmm. you know like a um, what is it a you know. Um, Casein protein, no, uh, a, a rate of absorption carb. in carbs. Um, the glycemic, glycemic index. index. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, I was thinking GI, sweet, but sweet we were talking and stuff like that. Gastrointestinal stuff all day at school. I watched so I a really good TED Talks on that this week. They had a great one. On that was, um, it was on carbs, hmm. and it, it was really easy to understand. I was like, I need to get this out to my clients because. You know, they asked these questions and it was very visual and it was very like almost elementary school style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're looking, if you're a uh, hypoglycemic, you want to look into something that's a slower digestive carb, like a sweet right. potato, brown rice, um, your, your whole grains as opposed to 
Your um, white bread. You know, white bread is terrible for you, full of sugar. Sure. Dark so, greens. Dark greens. Um, I would suggest uh, starting your day off with a good, healthy meal. You know, not high in carbs, um, mm-hmm. kind of higher fat, higher protein. Um, and then incorporating cinnamon. There's actually cinnamon, uh, a type of cinnamon that you can take. Um, let me look it up real quick. Um, that it is proven to help decrease um, kind of insulin spikes and stuff. So I want to answer this question on this podcast again, too, because I'm going through some of the questions we had earlier. Um, I want to just reemphasize, because we've had this question multiple times now. Um, should you eat carbs before bed? We, we addressed this like a couple weeks ago. It's okay to eat carbs before bed. And the carbs that we're talking about right now, the slow di- digestive carbs might be good for replenishing your body while you're sleeping. So um, to answer that question again, we do, we personally, Chuck and I both, actually eat carbs a lot of times before bed. But keep in mind, our activity level is really high. And uh, we have a lot going on throughout the day, just in general with our workouts too. So you know, we're teaching people how to lift properly. So we're we're picking up stuff constantly. We're grabbing people's weights. We're walking around. We're standing for long periods of time. So you might not have that activity level, and it might be not be the best thing for you to lose weight or you know in that in in that regards. But timing of carbs is not necessarily this whole myth that you need to stop eating after eight or whatever doesn't mean that you're not going to lose weight. So that's our answer to the question, right? You're, you're in it right Sorry, now. I'm, I'm, you're deep in it. I was looking into this type of cinnamon and everything. That sounds, I remember. sounds sexual. That was our last podcast. <laughs> oh, cinnamon, oh, cinnamon stick. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, if you're, if you're really um, delving deep into this, um, carb cycling is, is something that we both have used as a tool. Um, and we have been getting some questions on this. What is carb cycling? And that's kind of what we're going over right now. Yeah. So as far as the carb cycling and stuff, it's just um, you kind of have to see how your body responds. You have to go off of your activity levels. Uh, for the most part, it's it's all up to personal activity levels. There's so much uh, variabilities that, that do um, apply differently to each person. Uh, I always like to recommend, you know, starting with your resting metabolism again and just uh, starting there. If you're not eating that amount of calories um, and let me let me back up a step because I'm getting ahead of myself. Even the first thing I would recommend is to track whatever you're doing right now. Start it now. Track it for a week. Look at what time you eat, what you eat, how much of it you eat. And that's it. That's all you really have to do. Look up maybe how many calories and everything are in it for the for the week. Um, track your carbs, your protein, your fat, and then start manipulating certain variables. You know, so back yourself down. If you've been eating 150 grams of carbs on a regular basis, um, you know, try to bump it up to 200. You know, see how you feel uh, on a high activity day. You know, and see if like, oh, I feel better. I have better energy levels. Um, and then on maybe a less active day, you back it down. You know, to 100 grams it's so really intuitive that's more like a female but yeah um, uh, but it's intuitive you know you you've got to think about what you're doing you don't just randomly fluctuate you know your carbs if you're if your activity level is at an extent where you need more carbs it might be a good idea to incorporate some more carbs sure and most people think intuitively once again that you restricting carbs for multiple days is going to be the best approach 
I don't necessarily think so. I have found that if I actually start off with higher, more high carb days than low carb days, and then I just add maybe a medium carb day in there, and then the following week I add a medium carb day and a low carb day, and then the following week I add two medium days, you know, and then you just you you start adding volume just like you would in your workouts, and and start decreasing the amount of carbs or increasing the amount of carbs just gradually, and and see how your body responds. You know, if you find and you have to do stuff that's objective because if you're manipulating your own program, you're gonna be you're gonna be completely mind fucking yourself. Oh yeah. And don't and excuse my language, but that's exactly it's, what is happens. Is that the second time you've ever said fuck? It was. It was punctual. It was. It, it served a <laughs> Mine purpose. Mine is not always. <laughs> um, but yeah. So it's just one of those things that you have to. When you're manipulating these things, you can't sit there and and consume like 20 grams of carb extra and be like, oh my god, I'm so fat. My weight went up a half a pound or a pound. And For blah, those blah, blah. of you yeah. who don't know what 20 grams is, it's like a pack of sugar. Right. Or maybe. I mean, maybe not even. 20 grams is like a. But you look at that like in a quinoa that's like almost a half a cup of quinoa mm -hmm. you know like that's going to be a, a decent amount of of food yeah. real food so um, um well here's a you're going right along with this and we haven't answered it um when cutting what's a reasonable amount of carbs to intake it, it just it once again it, it depends. depends on the you person know, in your activity like, level i have cut weight I, I have cut body fat at consuming almost 400 grams of carbs and we're not the only people. We I hear this on the podcast all the time. You know, other people's podcasts that are eating a lot of carbs. Um, you know, you can get away with cutting and eating a shit ton of carbs. It can happen. Yeah. You just have to know your body. You know, you have to know how your body responds. What type of carbs you can have. Um, we're not, you know, sitting there throwing packets of sugar in our mouth. Um, we're eating complex carbs. Yeah. So since, since we're talking about carbs, reverse dieting, and this whole concept. Look up your reverse your your resting metabolic resting metabolic rate or your basal metabolic basal, rate. Yeah. Um, I like looking up calculators that include body fat percentage. Estimate it. Look up some pictures. You know, there's there's plenty of pictures online that that are good calculators or good estimators of as where your body fat is at. Um, I like to look at it as if your upper abs show. Um, you're probably anywhere between 14 and 16%. If your middle abs are showing, you're probably at 10 to 12. If your lower abs are showing, you're probably closer to seven to eight. If you are have vascularity through your abs and everything, you're probably close to five to six. You know, And if you're grainy, you're vascular all over your body in areas that nobody else does, you're probably down in the 3% range. Um, so plug that in, see what your metabolism is. If you're not at least hitting that number, you need to get to that number. That means that you should be at that number without doing any exercise whatsoever. You should be sitting on your ass all day long and that's the amount of calories you're gonna burn. Mm -hmm. So that's the biggest thing that I realize with a lot of people, they don't even take that into consideration. They're like, oh, I, I'm 200 pound male and I'm eating 2,400 calories. I'm like, dude, you need to be eating more calories, you know, yeah. like that's first and foremost, you get your body to increase your caloric intake without increasing a bunch of weight or you do it gradually enough to where your body responds properly, then you're going to have a much faster metabolism. You're going to be much more comfortable because you're eating a little bit more food and you're going to be just overall happier with the results. Like 
it's so counterintuitive, especially with how the fitness industry has portrayed everything. But listen to us. I guarantee you, mm-hmm. if you follow what we talk about, it it will help you out. You know, we we try not to give people too much nutritional advice, but we do understand that it's a huge staple in people's success. Oh yeah, it's a very big staple, and and to, for us to say that fitness is the only you know piece of the puzzle, and that's the only way you're going to get results, is bullshit. And vice versa, I think this whole 80-20 thing with nutrition, bullshit as well. Um, there is no statistic, statistical analysis to say that for you individually, 80% of your you know focus needs to be nutrition and 20% exercise. That's not true at all. Yeah, that's a that's I a horrible that. that's a horrible predictor of your success for sure. Yeah. Um, Just focus on both. If you if you get a great nutrition program together. Um, and you take away some of the bullshit supplements that people are trying to sell you, and then you do a really good programmed exercise, um, exercise program, I should say, um, you're going to have great results. You just need to know and go in the right direction, and that's the direction we're trying to steer you in. We don't care if you, you buy any of our stuff. Go to a professional. Get some good programming. Get the nutrition figured out. If you need to go to a dietitian, if you need to take a blood panel and figure out what's going on with your body, get that figured out. And then go in that direction. Yeah, no, it's a. Uh, th- there's so many resources out there, and there's there are great coaches out there as well. Um, it's just uh, there are far and few between. You know, the, mm-hmm. the, there's two people that I can think of right offhand um, that are local in our area, at least the Tampa area, Sarasota area. Um, Brittany Shea, she's good with female competitors and stuff. She damn dude, you drop her name all the time. I'm never yeah, met this well, person. And and that's the thing, I I drop their name because I like what they do. You know, like I'm not, I'm just a fan of the style of training and stuff they do. They're both kind of. Are you getting kickbacks? Should I know about something? No, not at all. <laughs> they've actually they've actually not reached out to me too much. So, but um, if you guys are listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Yeah. But her her boyfriend also, they're both they follow. I'd say healthy protocols, you know, very mm-hmm. Lane Norton style, reverse dieting, um, carb implementation, uh, and they're flexible eaters also. So they eat, you know, a, a lot of times healthy and they eat what they want, you know, whenever they, I'm a flexible eater advice. too, man. I flex while I eat. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm like, I'm burning calories. Yeah. Yeah. I'm this hamburger. Um, Do you see this beer that I'm drinking? There's some good resources out there and I'm not going to name drop anybody because, um, I'm too stingy for that. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, ask, ask <laughs> us. We're, we're good at that. I mean, it's just a, a lot of times we can look simply. If you track what you're doing for a week and you show it to us, we can usually tell you within you know 30 seconds what's going on in your plan. Well, you know, all you guys have to do is send us an email um, and get on... Um, is it my fitness pal or Matt my fitness? Are they the same thing? I don't really know because I feel like there's two apps and one of them does one thing, one does the other. I'm pretty sure it's. I'm sure. I'm sure it's my fitness pal. If you uh, friend us and make your um, tracking public, oh yeah, yeah, we can actually see what you're doing. Right. If there are a few people who want to try that, go ahead. Um, I'll look at your stuff any day. Um, I have a few. I have a few hours tomorrow. I could look at your stuff tomorrow. Yeah. No. And same with me. If you if you have any questions, we have a little bit different approach as far as nutrition and stuff. But for the most part, we're very similar in how we uh, we address a lot of issues. So. We're exactly the same and not the same at all. <laughs> right. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> That's what he just said. <laughs> yeah. It's it's exactly like that. I mean, it's it's we really collaborate, funny. but we have different views. <laughs> He likes Lane Norton. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Well, he's a- <laughs> 
He just got. He's getting a lot of criticism, by the way. Yeah, well, and and he's going he tore, to. He tore something in competition, and people were like, Ooh. you know. But that's how everybody is. Yeah. It's those you know keyboard warriors. They're like, <laughs> they're like, yeah. I knew he was going to get hurt. He's squatting 600 pounds. That's bad for your back. Ronnie Coleman's getting surgery, too. Like, shut up. Uh, this dude like, came after us on uh, on Facebook recently um, for the gym that I work at. I won't mention it because I don't want to get in trouble. But he, he was talking about how trainers should look the part. And I was like, motherfucker, have you looked at my pictures? Like, I got abs. I don't know what you're talking about. I know you're not talking about me. I was like, I don't don't know why I'm getting grouped in this this group here. Um, Yeah, it's people, you know, we talked about aesthetics versus athletics. And let me just tell you, I might not have a pump right now, um, but when I'm in the gym, I'm a beast. And and I work my ass off. And I know Chuck does, and I know a lot of my colleagues do too. And it's not all about aesthetics um it's also about health and um i know we're gonna have a podcast here to talk about some of the crazy things that people do to be more aesthetic um including steroids and uh let's just say that you're better off doing the natural approach and uh really just uh going for it in the gym having a good diet you know following these reverse dieting protocols finding something that works for you if it's ketosis or um the ketogenic diet um, you know, if it's carb cycling, if it's just a balanced diet like I do, um, there's multiple ways to get to those goals. Anything to add? What are you looking up right now? I was just looking up carb cycling, see what, what comes <laughs> up. But yeah, I mean, like even this, if there's so much like garbage out there, this is an easier ratio, easy to follow ratio of 40% of your, your calories coming from carbs. 30% is coming from protein and 30% is coming from fat. I mean, that's that's actually not a bad ratio, but I, I don't think that it's good to start with just a ratio. Like Damn, said, here's one I missed on here that I hate. Weigh yourself multiple times per week to control weight gain. Uh, if you're carb cycling, your weight will fluctuate. No, it's, it's literally saying if you see a large jump in your weight over a one-week period, you may want to scale back at the rate at which you're increasing your, you're increasing your intake. Oh, I was talking about carbohydrates and adding more calories guys the scale is the stupidest measurement on earth yeah literally quit looking at the scale the scale is dumb please don't follow the scale the scale is gravity pulling on silly little scale silly scale you put that thing way back in the corner of your bed just throw it away and yeah i mean i wouldn't say throw it away (laughs) use it to weigh the weights when you're not sure how much they weigh yeah right i don't believe you but just i i myself get sucked into that and i'll i'll look at it and i'll be like oh man my weight's up four pounds this week or my weight's down and it it gets me too but i know better you know and and i sit there and i tell myself oh okay well you know yesterday i had high carbs or that you know yesterday this happened or you know maybe i'm well hydrated and and i go partially off of appearance also you know it's just your your body will tell you exactly what's going on you know if you're putting on a little bit of body fat you probably need to to figure out something you know, a missing link that you may not be focused on. I I basically um, I use selfies. <laughs> I really do, and I'm, no, exactly. I'm, I always tell people that's my progress and how I track it. Um, and then I use a scale for shits and giggles, meaning when I want to laugh or after I take a shit to see how much I lost. Yeah, well, and I I do after my run. 
a lot to see how how hydrated I, I stay after my run too. Well, I no, I I weigh myself after I run just to see <laughs> just to see how much water I've lost. You know, because and that's actually something they do in these really really long endurance races is they'll weigh competitors. You know, to make sure that they're not losing too much. You know, ten percent of their body weight because that can be um, extremely damaging in your kidneys. Yeah. So. Um Basically, you know, the reason why we're telling you about reverse dieting and um, kind of going through carb cycling, and this is going to be my last little take on it, is we're trying to uh, keep you from getting metabolic damage. Um, we don't want you to come back into it, gain a whole bunch of weight after you've, you know, gotten into a great appearance. Or you, let's say you go on vacation, you gain a whole bunch of weight because you dieted for it, and then you ate everything you wanted there, and you're like, oh my gosh, I look bloated and terrible. I gained so much weight, um, which we'll just say we gained fat because we don't like the scale, right? Um, so if you go about this the right way and slowly introduce things and get your activity level balanced out with your your uh, calories, then you you won't you'll avoid all that. You'll just kind of keep that similar look, but you're going to be reintroducing the calories. And if you do it in a healthy way and you restore your metabolism back to a healthy range and stuff post competition, you'll have much better gains. Like you'll have such better solid muscle mass and and just overall um, improvements in your physique. If and, you and do, easier prep for the next show too. Right. If you do kind of build your metabolism back up and you do get yourself eat back to a resting metabolic rate at least. Um, and then start going further. I mean, I, I started messing around with this about two years ago, like as far as reverse dieting and stuff. I got myself, I, I was a person that I used to gain weight if I ate anything more than 2,400 calories. And when I was eating 2,400 calories, I would, mind you, I was keeping my carbs to 100 to 150 grams of, of carbs. And then I was, my protein was through the roof. Um, and it, it didn't work, you know, like, so when I started increasing it, it start. I was like, wow, I'm not gaining weight. And then I started increasing more and I'm like, oh, wow, I'm still not gaining weight. And then I realized I'm like, holy crap, I'm eating 4,000 calories a day mm -hmm. and I'm looking good. You know, like I'm not lean, I'm not bloated or I'm not, I'm lean, I'm not bloated. I'm, you know, vascular, like, and I feel great. And everything looks actually, good except for your bank account. After it, that yeah, grocery I was about to say it actually got to a point where it was inconvenient. <laughs> For me yeah. because I was like, well, damn, now I've got to eat all this food every single day, you know, so I had to go through a gradual process of backing myself mm -hmm. off because I was like, well, crap, I like my physique and everything. And actually what happened with me is I kept pushing that envelope and pushing that envelope and I started putting on too much body fat. So mm -hmm. um, I'm actually in the in the process of kind of leaning out and that's what started the ketogenic you do diet. Look leaner. Yeah, and, and I've been trying to focus on it, but as an as a endurance athlete, it's just uh, it's very hard for me with my body type to balance um, maintaining muscle mass in the right areas as well as decreasing body fat. Me, I just <laughs> right now I'm training so hard when I do train. It's like I don't really I'm not not super focused on this, guys. But let me tell you that when I am focused on my diet, it's on point. Um, intermittent fasting too, you know, we've talked about it before. Um, a way to get in ketosis is actually do intermittent fasting. That's going to put you in ketosis every once in a while. And for me, I'd rather skip some meals and, uh, get the regenerative health effects than, um, going through the whole process of not eating any carbs at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, so on that note, that's all I got to say. What you got, man? 
I, you know, I think that that was a good brush over on those topics. And um, our last podcast was on sleep, and I just want some sleep. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. It's uh, it's definitely good for us to get get a good amount of sleep. Um, so for the podcasters, just to let you know, when we film this on, or uh, sorry, I record this. I want to say it's filmed, but it is Facebook Live, I guess. Um, <laughs> we finish at like eleven o'clock. So we're putting that we're doing this after our our day job all the time. It's not right. just like we have all this free time. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a great experience so far, and and we're a lot. If we've got a lot more uh, episodes per time frame um, oh, yeah. than a lot of podcasts. So uh, this is we're, we're about ready to pass uh, Lane Norton, by the way. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. Physique science for you guys that don't know. Go um, ahead and listen to it. I dare you. But yeah, we're <laughs> yeah. just we're just trying to put out a lot of good information for you guys. And again, hit us with those questions. Um, yeah, we're answering as many as we can. They're great. We love the the feedback, and we look forward to hearing from you. So again, uh, check it out, check out our our iTunes. Give us a five star review. We'll give you a meal plan and a pat on the back. Add a boy, and you know, can help you out with uh with some of your goals. But otherwise, you can find us on all of our outlets: the Instagram, Facebook. Um, you know, find us by our names on Facebook. Mine's I'm a, I go by Charles on Facebook, uh, but I also go by Stack Training on Instagram. Parker is Lennon Fitness. No, that was my old one. That was your old I one. I go by Parker Lennon and Parker Lennon. Parker Lennon, Parker Lennon. He's keeping it simple. Yep. The Kiss Method. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on that note, girls, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, on that note, I'm going to kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> See Man, ya. You're feisty today. I, I like know, it. know, right? All right, later, guys. See ya. Thank you for listening to FAQ Fitness Podcast. If you liked our show, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. For more workout programs, video resources, and to ask your fitness questions, check out our website at FAQFitnessPodcast.com.